On May 25, 1975, two men by the name of Ricky Jackson and Wiley Bridgman went to prison for a murder they didn't commit. Sentenced to death on the testimony of a single juvenile witness, these men were deemed guilty and condemned to death. But the men continued to protest their innocence throughout the years and years of their incarceration. Nearly 40 years later, they walked out of prison as free men after the state's witness in the case admitted that he had concocted his testimony under police intimidation. Can you imagine spending 40 years in prison for a crime you didn't commit? You know, of just how you would feel condemned even though you knew that you were innocent? You know, this scenario, scenario sounds a lot like ours. You know, we were sentenced to death by original sin that deemed us guilty without any action of our own. Adam and Eve were deceived by Satan and led to sin, which causing mankind to be condemned to death as a result. We were guilty and condemned until rendered innocent and free by the testimony of the gospel. You know, there is one major difference of these two stories. Unlike the two men above, we are innocent. I mean, we are guilty, excuse me, wrong word. We're guilty of the offenses that were charged against us. We're condemned from birth to die. But we were set free by the grace of Christ Jesus on that day of the cross at Calvary. By faith in Christ alone, God exchanged our death sentence for the free gift of eternal life. Today we're going to be um, talking through Romans 8, 1 through 8. Um, let me give you a brief history about the, the epistle of Romans. You know, um, Paul's purpose for writing Romans was to teach great truths of the gospel of grace to believers who had never received apostolic instruction, or apostolic for every place not in the South. But... Um, also, um, Paul's intent was not to, to, like, rebuke them, but to just give them, you know, a picture of the grace of the gospel. You know, the overarching theme of Romans is the righteousness that comes from God, right? The glorious truth that God justifies guilty, condemned sinners by grace through faith alone in Christ. You know, let's take a look at Romans 8. You know, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. From what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So He condemned sin in the flesh in order that that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those living according to the flesh have made their minds set on the flesh, on flesh desires. But those who live according to, with the Spirit have their minds set on the Spirit, with what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, so it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. 
those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Now I want to go ahead and explain you know, what Paul is saying by, by saying the word flesh. You know, it's a Greek word, sarx, which refers to the sinful state of, of, of where humans are at, right? It's like um, whenever you hear, like, according to the flesh, it means that they are of the flesh. You know, they literally are of the flesh. You know, what Paul is saying here, you know, in that context also, it's oft, often presented as like an opposition, a power opposition, you know, of like, like the flesh versus the spirit. You know, um, and I also want to point where, where it says that um, his own son in the likeness of the flesh, of sinful flesh. Now, the key word there is likeness, right? And what he means by there, it's flesh for sin. You know, granted, you know, Jesus was, was never simple, you know, but he did come in the flesh to, to um, condemn sin for us. You know, from God's point of view, there are two kinds of people in this world. Those that are in Adam or the flesh and those who are in Christ. Remember, we're, we're kind of doing that comparison of, of in the flesh or in Christ. What he's saying, you know, Paul's declaring a blatant truth, and sometimes it's painful. Either you're saved or you're not saved, right? According to Scripture, there's no other conditions of human existence. You know, um, 1 Corinthians says, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ I will be made alive. You know, what that means by in Adam, I'm going to explain that a little bit. You know, to be in Adam means you have inherited his sin nature, which is, you know, his nature, which is sinful. You've also inherited the consequences of his actions, his condemnation. You've also inherited his destiny, which is death. You know, to be in Christ means you've also inherited his nature, which is righteousness. You know, you've inherited the consequences, consequences of his actions, which is justification, and his destiny, which is eternal life. You know, ask yourself, you know, what is the basis of your judgment? How we judge ourselves. You know, we tend to condemn ourselves a whole lot easier than it is to look at what Christ did to condemn self, sin for us. You know, because of our modern society, we kind of live in this performance-driven society where, you know, everything is judged and, and, and you, you kind of look at yourself at what you accomplish or what you do. You know, either you do good or you do bad. We tend to condemn ourselves when we do bad and we tend to, you know, belittle ourselves whenever we do good. You know, um, I don't know why we do that. I guess that's just part of the, the sin nature that, that we've inherited. You know, do you tend to condemn yourself? I know I do. It's real easy. You know, like when I look back on my life, I tend to look at the things where I missed the mark. That's a whole lot easier to look at than, than, than the things we've accomplished. You know, um, so we try to judge ourselves on how good we are by what things we accomplish. In other words, when we do that in reality, we're omitting the need for grace. 
You know, and that was a wake-up call for me whenever I read through this and looking at this, you know, for the first time. I was like, wow, that is so true. You know, I really like, let's go back to what it says in, in Romans 8. You don't have to turn back there, but, and it says, um, you know, um, there's no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what is condemnation? What's it mean to you? You know, it means to, to pass a sentence on, to prove or show guilt of, or the state of being damned. You know, um, how do you judge yourself past and present? You know, also influences how you think and live your life. You know, do you judge and condemn yourself while at the same time trying your very best to rid yourself of sin and failure? Or do you judge yourself as set free by the grace of Christ and transcended into graceful living? You know, what happens in our identity, you know, whenever we're in Christ, is we become fused with Christ, which means we inherit you know, the things that are about Christ. You know, we inherit, you know, um, his nature. We inherit his actions. And we inherit his eternal life. And so that makes us fuse. Think about things that are fused together. You know, usually when things are fused together, they become a better or bigger. So, you know, think about like a cake. You know, just flour by itself is good. You can... You can make things with it, but when you fuse it with the egg and the sugar and the milk, it becomes very delightful. It becomes a cake, right? So it becomes something better. You know, whenever we look at um, infused our inheritance because of God's promise, you know, um, in Ephesians 2, it says, But God, rich in mercy, because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, that's, that's referencing directly to the inheritance that we, we got whenever we became saved or we became fused with Christ in, um, in eternity. So graceful living means fused with Christ, right? Which means no condemnation whatsoever. Whatsoever. That is, I don't know about you, but no condemnation, that is a hard pill to swallow. It really is. Since we're so prone to, to judge ourselves by the things we do and say, right? That performance-driven model that we're all so accustomed to living by. You know, um, so, um, no condemnation. When you think no condemnation, what do you think about? That through Christ's sacrifice, there is no condemnation. You know, we don't think about, you know, what Paul's trying to say in Romans 8 about 
about those who live in co- according to the flesh. Now, if you look at the Greek text for that, living according to the flesh, it means very specifically those that are of the flesh. Remember, we talked about if you're in Adam, which is of the flesh, what your inheritance is. You know, um, a lot of times people will look at this and think that, that, um, that Paul's saying this, you know, as, as, as something like condemning. But no, what he's saying is, you know, Paul is actually reaching out to the churches in Roman, which they're already established, right, into Rome. They're already established. And all he's trying to do is just send the truth of the gospel. You know, a, a, a apostolic instruction, which they hadn't got. They had, they had believed, but believed is not enough. You know, they have to accept Christ. You know, having that confirmation, you know, comes from, from the Holy Spirit. You know, I remember there was a big part of my life where I believed in God. You know, I went to church occasionally, maybe, you know, on, on the holidays when I go visit my parents. Usually that was the only time I went. You know, the sad fact was that no matter how good I tried to be good, I was going to hell. You know, and I remember that day that grace centered my life where I got that confirmation of the Holy Spirit, where I knew that I was free from that sin I'd been caught in. You know, and that is something sometimes we, 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 we just can't imagine, even though we, we feel free to that, what no, condi- no condemnation means. You know, um... In Ephesians 1, it says, And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know, um, sometimes um, I guess we don't think about what this is saying, is that blessed assurance. You know, of, of that confirmation, the blessed assurance that we're Christ's. You know, once we are his, we are sealed with him. We can't be separated. You know, I remember um, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Central Asia. And um, present moment, you know, it's 99% Muslim. And only a 03 to 0.4% Christian. You know, about three years ago, it was only 0.3. Now they've added the 0.3 to 4, which I say praise God, you know. You know, we had this opportunity to, um, to meet up with these Muslim guys, and we were, you know, just... We went into the store to, um, to just get some water, something to drink. And we got to talking with this guy. And anyway, the chance presented itself, and we were able to, to strike up a conversation. And we start talking about the gospel you know, and, and God and a couple of things and ask him where they 
we stand with things. And a friend that was with us asked this question. They said, if you died today, would you know where you went? And they're like, that scares us so much. They said it terrifies us. You know, because in Islam, you know, you have to work really hard at being good, right? And just maybe you might be selected to go to heaven or be thrown in hell forever so how long. And I'm not exactly sure how that is, but they turn around and ask us, are you guys scared? And we're like, no. They're like, well, why not? And we opened the Bible and read John 3.16 to them. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. All that believeth in him shall not perish, but have life eternal. And they started crying. Said, that is the most beautiful thing we've ever heard. We've never heard anything like that before. And... You know, I just hope and pray, you know, we were able to give them a Bible, and it's their custom to, you know, they wanted us, because it meant so much to them, they wanted us to sign it. We all signed different names, by the way, <laughs> because we were in some phase, and we didn't, you know, we, we still need to get out of there. But um, just for them to hear that gospel of blessed assurance, you know, as words they had never heard before. And I remember the first time, when I heard that, and my hope is and pray that is that those men one day will come into Christ from into Adam. Because I know what it's like to, to live and just believe. To be in Adam and, and believe too. It says what even demons believe in God and shudder at the sound of his name. You know, but to have that blessed assurance. You know, that is the most beautiful part of salvation. You know, it's that one part even though we may not be adding up to how we're supposed to do them, but having that blessed assurance that, that we're his. In those rare moments when we stop to think about that blessed assurance and how sweet it tastes. You know, I really like how, what Paul is trying to do here. You know, he's just trying to tell the, the Christians in, in Rome just how sweet the assurance of salvation is. You know, even to the point where he says, for I'm convinced that neither, neither life or death, nor angels or demons, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, for that, I'm eternally grateful. With that, that, that ends my sermon today. You know, of the blessed assurance we've found in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you bow your head? Dear Father God, Lord, the assurance you gave us through your sacrifice. God, where you sent Jesus in the likeness of flesh, of simple flesh, which means you exchanged flesh for sin, our sin. We were condemned and destined for hell, and you gave us freedom and life with you.
in heaven. Lord, I pray that as we go forth, that we may speak boldly about the blessed assurance of the gospel. That we go and we share that with everybody we see in any way we can. Lord, we lift up our thanks and our praise to what Christ did that day on Calvary. Lord, in your precious name we pray. Amen.